You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Many Roads Traveled. I'm Tamara, and I have one question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Well, then I invite you to join me on my 30,000-mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing. We'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the internet, Google Maps, and cell phones. However, not to worry because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus, you can always find more information on my website, manyroadstravel.com. So without further ado, let's hit the road. Welcome to episode 33. And on today's episode, we're going to be hiking up a volcano <laughs> in the Virungas National Park in Uganda where I actually felt I was either on a different planet or in a sci-fi movie because I'd never seen vegetation like that anywhere. <laughs> it was crazy. And also how I accidentally became a illegal alien in Uganda by overstaying my visa. And we're finally leaving Uganda and getting into Zaire, or now it's known as the Democratic Republic of Zaire. And we'll be covering about 80 miles in today's episode, taking us up to 15,700 miles. Okay, so picking up where we left off in the last episode, so it's day 217, and we got up early. So we is my friend Claire, who I had met in Nairobi, and we've been traveling together. So we've gone through Kenya and all of Uganda. So about six or seven weeks we've been together now. So today was our last day of our Ugandan visa. So we're like, okay, we have to get into Zaire today. So we got up early and my favorite waiter at the hotel we were staying at, John, he arranged a ride for us to get to the border town, Kasoro in Uganda. Pickup truck came about 8.30 in the morning, took our bags and then went, oh, okay, we're not going to be leaving for at least two more hours. <laughs> it's like, okay, great. Claire and I just you know, went for breakfast, did our little last walk around Kabali and went back to the truck. Well, as usual, we had to wait about till 1230, so four hours for the pickup truck to fill up because pickup trucks are kind of like Matatus or pickup truck taxis and they jam pack those suckers. Let me tell you, <laughs> we finally got going about 1230. Shortly after we left, it just started pissing it down, raining. It's like, oh my God. So, you know, there's about 30 people in the back of this pickup truck squished together. So they stopped and pulled out this tarp, but the tarp had so many holes in it. It was kind of pointless. They were all huddled underneath this holy tarp. It's like, oh my gosh. So Claire and I were completely soaked, obviously. And about halfway to Kasoro, the, you know, the road is so bad. It's just full of potholes. Well, we hit a big pothole and... The tailgate was ha hanging half off, so it's like, okay, awesome. Still raining, so we all had to pile out of the truck, un unload it, you know, jam the tailgate back on. I think they tied it with a bit of rope or something, then reload the truck and then get going. So we finally got to Kasoro at about just after four, so four hours of a hellish ride, basically. And because we got there so late, we couldn't find a transport to get to the border. And it was about, a tw I don't know, 12 or 15 kilometer walk to the border. And it's still raining. If we would have walked by the time we got there, the border would have been closed because I think it closed at five. So I was like, okay, awesome. We've overstayed our visa. <laughs> Brilliant. So yeah, we had become basically illegal aliens, I guess, in Uganda. Not to mention we're stuck in a little tiny town with nothing to do. 
And to make it even better, the next day was Sunday. So we were told, oh, there'll be no transport going to the border. <laughs> I was like, okay, awesome. So we had to find one of the cheap, few cheap hotels in Kosoro, got ourselves a room, and then went to console ourselves with a nice hot pot of tea and just figure out what, what the hell we're going to do. <laughs> oh, and to top it all off, we were almost out of Ugandan shillings, money again, because we'd only changed 50 bucks a few days before because we were supposed to be out of the country. So I was like, oh my gosh. And of course, banks are closed on Sundays. So we basically just had dinner and had an early night to finish this hellish day off, basically, as quickly as possible. The next day, we're talking, and, and every other traveler we had met who had gone to Zaire from Kabali, which we, we just were, no problems getting to Zaire in one day. Of course, except for us. <laughs> so over breakfast, we were you know, trying to figure out what we we're going to do. How do we going to kill a day in Kisoro? Because, like, literally, there's nothing there. <laughs> so we thought, well, let's just take a walk. We'll walk to the Mohinga Gorilla National Park, basically just for something to do. <laughs> And it apparently opened up recently, I think 1991. So this was 93. So it only been open for a couple of years. At the time, they didn't even have any habituated gorillas there. But when we were at the office, we saw some information on you could do hikes up the up a volcano in the Baringa National Park. And because we missed the Rirenzori's Mountains, and we really wanted to do that because we heard, I mean, their nickname is the the Moon Mountains because the habitat literally yeah you feel like you're on another planet the vegetation and the habitat it's very rare and there's hardly any places in africa that are like this i think it's the only one actually runzori's and the Virunga mountains they're pretty close by each other so we're like oh okay and because it was still a fairly new park it was a lot cheaper so it was only 20 dollars for the park entrance fee then five dollars for the guides and five dollars for camping which was a lot cheaper than the Ruinzori's as well, because they were, it was like $250 for a seven-day hike, plus food, plus other things, accommodation, stuff like that. And we didn't have any time, as you see. We were already overstayed our visas, so <laughs> didn't have time to that. But we kind of regretted that we couldn't do that. So we're like, okay, well, let's do this. I mean, we're already illegal, so what's a few more days? <laughs> let's just do it instead. So we're like, okay, Claire had some U.S. cash, so we paid in cash. So then we headed back to our hotel and then repacked and we just kind of took our day packs and our, our tent and sleeping bags so we didn't pick our full pack so we just left those in storage at the hotel they said oh you have to make your way to the park headquarters which was about 15 kilometers from where we were so we're like okay great <laughs> and again it's still raining on and off all day so that's we were kind of praying that it would stop raining we stopped and had some lunch and while we we're in the restaurant there was six other people there having lunch and there's an Italian couple and four African guys so we just started chatting to them and found out that they were actually heading to the park right after lunch and that they would take us so we're like okay awesome thank you so much that's great so we kind of directed them the map they gave us to get to the headquarters but we could only get to just over halfway because the roads were so bad and potholes were crazy so they're like we're gonna have to drop you off here so we had to walk the last five kilometers to the park headquarters so that was fun <laughs> but you know hey how we did it we got to the headquarters about 5 p.m we were met by fairly comp incompetent and annoying park ranger. <laughs> it's like pulling teeth trying to get information out of him. And then he's like, okay, so he took us to the camping area. With, there was like a hut there, but it had no walls. So it literally was just a thatched roof with a fireplace in the middle. Like I said, no walls. <laughs> 
And he said, oh, I'll leave a guy here to help you out with anything you need kind of thing. We're like, okay, great. And of course, right after I pitched my tent, it starts raining again. And my tent leaked. So we're like, okay, this is not going to be good. So we kind of went back under this little wallless hut. <laughs> and we're like, oh my gosh. So the guy that was left there, he's trying to get, trying to get the fire going. Because it's actually quite cold too. Because you're a thousand meters or something above sea level. And it's raining. Rain, rain, rain. And then this storm blew in. And I mean blew in. It was like gale force winds. So the rains were like almost coming in horizontal. Claire and I are huddled, just had like bamboo benches in, uh, in the hut. Oh gosh. And the guy couldn't get the fire really going because the wood was all wet. It was so cold. I was like in a fleece, jeans, my sleeping bag and still freezing. I think I maybe might have slept an hour or two. And I just thought oh, my tent's going to be gone because the wind was that bad. And I also hate like strong winds. I call it my windophobia. <laughs> So I was like, oh, this is just not great, basically. We're wet, we're cold, and we got to do this really long hike tomorrow. <laughs> so great. <laughs> Grudgingly, I got out of my sleeping bag at 7 in the morning, and our God came. We managed to have to make some porridge for breakfast because we brought our little stove. Went to check on my tent, and it was still standing remarkably. <laughs> so I took that down and hung it up to dry, and I put on all the clothes that I brought with me. <laughs> It was still really cold and drizzling. It was like, oh, God, perfect. Cool. And still really windy. So it's like, this is such a great day to do an all, you know, all day hike up a volcano. Cold wind, rain. The two guides rocked up and they gave us these ranger ponchos, but they were huge. So we looked really hilarious, but at least it kind of kept us a little bit drier. And they both had machetes and one guy had a machine gun. <laughs> it's like, okay. Where are we going? And they're like, well, this is to, in case we come into any animals, it's just to, sh you know, we shoot it in the air to scare them away. Because they're Faringa National Park. There are monkeys and cheetahs, elephants, dukas, and gorillas. So we left at nine o'clock in the morning. And the first bit of the trail, which is called Zone One, was no problem. Because it was through grasslands and just a very gradual ascent. Then we came to the base of the volcano, which was forested and a bit steeper, but at least it had stopped raining finally. So it took us about an hour to walk through zone one. Then we came to zone two, which was my favorite bit, actually, because you walk through this bamboo forest. and It was so cool. <laughs> and one of the guides cut me a walking stick with his machete at a bamboo so I had my bamboo walking stick so that was nice so after about 45 minutes we were through zone two and now zone three where it got a lot harder <laughs> and there wasn't really a trail anymore it was like you're just pummeling yourself through this thick vegetation and pulling yourself yourself up like with vines or whatever you could to get over rocks and all sorts it was like this is not really a hiking trail <laughs> this is like let's just climb this volcano at a 45 degree angle it was very difficult and like I said plus you're cold and wet and it's raining so things are slippy as well you know and I was struggling with a lack of sleep and my blood illness so that was I was I had pain and inflammation all over my body so I was really struggling so I just had to keep stopping for quick stops and having drinking water and I think I might even had a little bit of altitude sickness as well because I really wasn't feeling good it took literally all my strength and energy to keep going which I did yeah at times it almost it felt like I had I was having a bad asthma attack because I couldn't breathe even though I don't have asthma <laughs> so that's how bad it was it was like okay what's going on man 
So after about an hour or so of laboring through zone three, we came to zone four, which is basically the last climb to the top. So the peak of it. And I thought the zone three, 45 degree angle was hard. Well, this was pretty much a 90 degree angle or, you know, 65 degree angles. Uh, it was ridiculous. And again, you had to just pull yourself up by anything you could find to get step by step. It was very, very hard. Not to mention rather precarious. Because, <laughs> you know, if you slip, you're going to fall quite a bit. Anyways, with disbelief, we made it to the top. It took us about three and a half hours to get to the top. So happy and, uh, and really proud of myself, actually. But of course, we get to the top and, you know, it's kind of still drizzling and it's but it's really foggy as well. So you could see maybe five feet in front of you. But then the wind, because it was still really windy, would come and blow the fog away. And you'd have, you know, crystal clear vision of miles and miles and miles away. So you try to take a picture and then the fog would come again. So it's like, okay, that just kept happening. But we, so we had a little break at the top with some peanut butter sandwiches and a little rest. And then we ended up walking around the crater for about two hours, which was so cool. Like I said, this vegetation was crazy. Like there's big lobalias, like, and yeah, I felt like I was either on a different planet or maybe in Planet of the Apes or another sci-fi movie. It was incredible. I mean, I absolutely loved it, even though it was so hard. Highest I'd ever been in my life, too. So it was almost 3,500 meters. And it was definitely the first volcano I'd ever climbed. <laughs> so it was a good sense of accomplishment. I was proud. The The vegetation is amazing. And it's very similar, like I said, to the Rosori Mountains, which are known as the Moon Mountains. So it's super, super cool. And obviously, with the fog, it made it even more surreal. <laughs> so... That was pretty funny. Uh, and when we were at the top, we actually walked over to the Rwandan side of the park as well. So now we were illegal in two countries for a short while. <laughs> but about two hours up on around the crater. And there's also a crater swamp. <laughs> so we went and checked that out too. I mean, honestly, you, yeah, definitely different world vibe. So then we started the descent down. Well, it was a lot easier because I was on my butt half the time. <laughs> Like I said, it was so slippery and it was such a steep descent down. I was like slip sliding all over the place. But luckily I didn't kill myself or injure myself, which is quite amazing. <laughs> anyway, so it took us a few hours to get, I think two and a half hours to get down. So all in all, it was about eight hours, I think, for the whole thing. But once we got back to our little, you know, campground, like we, I was filthy. I was just covered in mud <laughs> and vegetation. And oh my gosh, it was hilarious. Claire and I made a big dinner uh, on our little camp stove. Beans and rice and mushroom soup and feasted, basically. Just before we were going to go to bed, it started pissing it down again. I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. Plus my, you know, my tent's still hanging up. So I went to find the first guy, the park ranger that we met the first night, the annoying one. <laughs> and I said, is there any way we could sleep in one of the ranger's huts? Because we're so tired and it's raining and my tent leaks. And he's like, well, we don't let tourists or visitors stay in those. But I will allow friends. So you're now my friend. So you can stay. We're like, okay, that's great. Thanks, friend. <laughs> Took us to one of the ranger's huts. And... He's like, well, I only have one single bunk bed for the two of you. Okay, great. <laughs> so Claire and I were sleeping top to tail that night. 
and they're pretty narrow and it was just a bamboo bunk bed kind of thing so not super comfy but at least it was warm and dry because they started the fire in there and it had walls so that was a that was a big bonus after dinner we were having our bedtime hot chocolate and a bunch of the park guides and rangers came in drunk one of them had a ghetto blaster and he saw he popped on some country and western music and they all started dancing country <laughs> so random in that for about half an hour and then they left which thankfully it was good <laughs> so we went to bed like i said talk to tail and i was just paranoid i was going to fall out of this bug or roll over onto clay or something like that so it was like we we're sleeping as straight as possible our feet in our faces basically <laughs> But I did manage to sleep pretty good that night. Probably just the climb. I was exhausted. Woken up the next morning by the country western music again. <laughs> After breakfast, we packed up, thanked the boys, especially for the country music dancing, <laughs> and basically had to walk back to Kisoro. So it was about 15 kilometers. But it was a nice it was a nice walk because it was fairly flat. And with those potholes, it was probably easier walking than driving, to be honest. So it took us about two and a half hours to get, to get back to Casaro. The banks were open because it was now Monday. So we changed a little bit of money, went back to our hotel, got our bags and our, our room back. And then we're like, oh, hey, we have got to get the hell out of here and get to Zaire. So I walked around Casaro to try and find some food in the markets. Well, I could only find bananas, tomatoes and a loaf of bread. That was it. <laughs> So for lunch, we had banana sandwiches and tomato sandwiches. Oh, and then that night, because the last time we were here, the electricity went out in the whole town for the whole night. Well, this time, the electricity and the water went out. <laughs> so couldn't have a shower even yet. And I, like I said, I was filthy from the walk. We basically played some cards and crashed for the night and thought, okay, tomorrow is it. We're really going to Zaire. So on day 221... I was finally able to get a bucket of like lukewarm water to have a bucket shower. And past episodes when I talk about the novelty and the excitement of having a proper hot shower, either, you know, shared bathrooms down the hallway or in your room, which was very rare for me because I was all about the budget, was so important. But anyways, happy to have a bucket shower and wash my hair, although my hair was falling out so much because of these damn malaria tablets larium i was on so i didn't know how long i was going to stay in those because they also made you photosensitive to the sun which is not a great thing in africa but my hair was just coming out like by clumps it was ridiculous so i was like i don't know how long i'm staying on these suckers but we'll see after my bucket shower we packed up again and we hopefully said our final goodbye to kisoro and uganda and then went on the side of the road to try and hitch to the, the border. Like I said, it was only about 15 kilometers, but we had to wait about two hours. And then finally a pickup truck stopped and picked us up and charged us $2 to get to the border. So that was fine. So now we we're also really nervous across the border because, like I said, we were now four or five days over, over our visa. So I came up with my little plan expected the customs border was like well you overstayed your visa oh well it's because i got malaria in fort portal so i was really really sick for four or five days there and then we got hung up in kosoro for a day so that's why we're late well you should have gone you should have reported to the police in fort portal and then we just kind of played dumb <laughs> like well why would we report we had malaria like what <laughs> 
Anyways, with a little bit of our charm, he gave us the Ugandan exit visa. It didn't charge us either, because a lot of times you'll get charged either per the day or hefty fine. We got it. It was super, yeah, super happy. And while we were at the border, we actually ran into a Kiwi couple who we'd met a few days before. And they had just come back from seeing the gorillas, which they said obviously was amazing. And they're like, oh, we also booked you in for tomorrow. Like, oh, okay, awesome. So we didn't know if that would hold, you know, whatever. So we're like, okay, that's great. Cross the border into Zaire, get our Zaire entry stamp. Happy days. I mean, I I really loved Uganda. We did so many amazing things and saw so many beautiful things and you know, Murchison Park and so many national parks we went to. So thoroughly enjoyed my time in Uganda. It was it was fairly safe as well. It was really safe actually. A little bit of harassment for men, but not like nothing too major. But nothing was easy in Uganda. Besides that, it was it was a great time. So once we got into Zaire, we exchanged our remaining Ugandan shillings for Zaire dollars and we became millionaires overnight. <laughs> Because at the time, it was 6 million Zaire dollars for one U.S. dollar. And the biggest note they had was 1 million. (laughs) So you would just see people walking with bags of money. It was crazy. I mean, for our $10 in Ugandan shillings, we got 48 million Zaire dollars. (laughs) It was also quite funny because they spoke French in Zaire because we're the next French colony. But of course, with a bit of bit of English sort of in there and a bit of African dialect. So, you know, I was pretty good in French, but it was really funny talking to them in French. We were just a few kilometers away from the gorillas, but you're going to have to tune in next Thursday to hear about our adventures with the beautiful, amazing gorillas. And of course, before we go, and now it's time for... Tam's top tips. Okay, so tip number one is about Mahenga Gorilla National Park, where we climb the volcanoes. It's about 540 kilometers from Kampala, and like about 14k from Kasoro, and it's in the southwest part of Uganda. It's also the smallest national park in Uganda. It's only about 33 square kilometers, but it's it's part of the Varinga Conservation Area, which is much bigger. That's 434 kilometers, but it, that spreads over three countries. So Rwanda, Zaire, and Uganda. And you can do lots of things there. So you can do gorilla trekking because there now is one habituated gorilla family there of nine members. And you can also do the volcano hiking. There's three different volcanoes you can you can climb up. There's also golden monkeys there. So you can do golden monkey treks. It's also a good place to go bird watching. And there's also Karana Cave exploring you can do there. So to do the Mount Gahinga hike, like what we did, they say, you know, it's between six and eight hours. And yeah, you go up to 3,474 meters. Or if you do the Mount Sabinia hike, which is 12 kilometers, you might see golden monkeys as well. But the longest hike is Mount Mahuburu. And that's the highest. So that's 4,127 meters. And they say it takes about eight hours. I would say 10. <laughs> it took me eight hours to do mine. So the entrance fee for that park now is $35. And if you wanted to see the gorillas, it's $600 for the permit. That includes parks and fees and guides and everything. And that gets you 
one hour with the gorillas, that's the same anywhere because you have to, they have to be so careful that you can't be sick in any way to go see gorillas because they're so close to our DNA. Even if you have a cold, they don't have the immune system for it. So there is some precautions that they take to keep them safe. And yeah, you only spend one hour with them if you find them because sometimes you, you might not. Because there's only nine gorillas there. They only do the eight permits a day. But if you wanted to see them in Uganda, maybe Bwindi National Park would be better to see them because there's a lot more gorillas that are habituated there. But still 600 bucks. So that was kind of tip two. <laughs> tip three, you can also do combo treks in Uganda. So you can do a combination, say a three-day gorilla trek, as well as climbing a volcano, golden monkeys, and climb the volcano or bird watching. So they have lots of different combinations kind of thing. So for the gorilla, like if you did a three or four day gorilla hike, including volcanoes or caves or whatever, then you're looking at about two, between two and $4,000 per person, but that would include everything, food, accommodation, transport, all that stuff. So you just look at, I would suggest looking locally through different uh, travel agencies or safari booking tours to do that, basically. It would be a lot cheaper to book it there than book it from home. Plus, you're also supporting a local company, so I'm all about that. And then for my solo female travelers, you know, if you want to do any of these things that I did, but you don't want to do them solo, well, I would suggest hooking up with other travelers in Fort Portal, because Fort Portal is kind of like the portal of Uganda, because there's so many things you can do around Fort Portal. So there's a lot of travelers using Fort Portal. Or if not, then you book locally. They will just, you might get to do it by yourself, or you could, they'll just kind of lump you in with other travelers kind of thing. So you'd be doing it together. And like I said, Uganda it was not a problem. I felt pretty safe there throughout even climbing crazy volcanoes <laughs> and all the other crazy things I did in Uganda. Okie dokie. So before we go, a little quick recap on the podcast journey with me as well. Last episode, I was super happy to get to 77 countries I have listeners from. That's absolutely amazing. That's one more country I've been, that I've been to. So that's, that's really cool. And I haven't done a review of the week lately. So let's do that. From Obliterate Podcast, five stars. This show makes me smile. I miss traveling so much and the podcast helps scratch that itch while quarantined. Can't wait to get back out there. But in the meantime, can't wait to keep listening to this podcast. That is awesome. Thank you so much. So if you want to shout out, leave me your reviews on Apple or Stitcher for Android or on my YouTube channel any of the, underneath any of those videos or, of course, on the website. Also, yeah, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode along the way. And of course, you can get all, any more information on the website, manyroadstraveled.com. Two L's in travel. Okay, so I think that's a wrap and we'll see you next Thursday for some gorilla action. <laughs> all right, take care and safe travels one more at a time. Bye.